minutes away was sitting the artist himself, Basil Hallward, whose sudden disappearance some years ago caused at the time such public excitement and gave rise to so many strange conjectures. As the painter looked at the gracious and comely form he had so skilfully mirrored in his art, a smile of pleasure passed across his face and seemed about to linger there. But he suddenly started up and, closing his eyes, placed his fingers upon the lids as though he sought to imprison within his brain some curious dream from which he feared he might awake. "'It is your best work, Basil, the best thing you've ever done,' said Lord Henry languidly. "'You must certainly send it in next year to the Grosvenor. The Academy is too large and too vulgar. Whenever I've gone there, there have been either so many people that I've not been able to see the pictures, which was dreadful, or so many pictures that I've not been able to see the people, which was worse.' The Grosvenor is really the only place. I don't think I shall send it anywhere, he answered, tossing his head back in that odd way that used to make his friends laugh at him at Oxford. No, I won't send it anywhere. Lord Henry elevated his eyebrows and looked at him in amazement through the thin blue wreaths of smoke that curled up in such fanciful whirls from his heavy opium-tainted cigarette. Not send it anywhere? My dear fellow, why? Have you any reason? What odd chaps you painters are. You do everything in the world to gain a reputation, and as soon as you have one, you seem to want to throw it away. It is silly of you. There is only one thing in the world worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. A portrait like this would set you far above the young men in England and make the old men quite jealous, if old men are ever capable of any emotion. I know you'll laugh at me, he replied but I really can't exhibit it. I've put too much of myself into it. Lord Henry stretched himself out on the divan and laughed. Yes, I know you would, but it's quite true all the same. Too much of yourself in it? Upon my word, Basil. I didn't know you were so vain. And I really can't see any resemblance between you, with your rugged, strong face and your coal-black hair, and this young Adonis, who looks as if he was made out of ivory and rose-leaves. Why, my dear Basil, he is an Narcissus, and you, well, of course you have an intellectual expression and all that, but beauty, real beauty, ends where intellectual expression begins. Intellect in itself is a mode of exaggeration and destroys the harmony of any face. The moment one sits down to think, one becomes all nose or all forehead or something horrid. Look at the successful men in any of our learned professions. How perfectly hideous they are. Except, of course, in the church. But then in the church they don't think. A bishop keeps on saying at the age of eighty what he was told to say when he was a boy of eighteen, and as a natural consequence, he always looks absolutely delightful. Your mysterious young friend, whose name you've never told me, but whose picture really fascinates me, never thinks. I feel quite sure of that. He is some brainless, beautiful creature who should always be here in winter when we have no flowers to look at and always here in summer when we want something to chill our intelligence. Don't flatter yourself, Basil. You are not in the least like him. You don't understand me, Harry, answered the artist. Of course I'm not like him. I know that perfectly well. Indeed, I should be sorry to look like him. You shrug your shoulders. I'm telling you the truth. 
There is a fatality about all physical and intellectual distinction, the sort of fatality that seems to dog through history the faltering steps of kings. It is better not to be different from one's fellows. The ugly and the stupid have the best of it all in this world. They can sit at their ease and gape at the play. If they know nothing of victory, they are at least spared the knowledge of defeat. They live as we all should live, undisturbed, indifferent and without disquiet. They neither bring ruin upon others, nor ever receive it from alien hands. Your rank and wealth, Harry, my brains such as they are, my art, whatever it may be worth, Dorian Gray's good looks. We shall all suffer for what the gods have given us. Suffer terribly. Dorian Gray? Is that his name? asked Lord Henry, walking across the studio towards Basil Hallward. Yes, that is his name. I didn't intend to tell it to you. But why not? Oh, I can't explain. When I like people immensely...